Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Well, making the Olympics is a dream or a goal for any athletes uh, that call New Zealand home, of course. But what about on the other side of the field? Uh, I'm talking about the reporters here telling their stories. Now, Ashley Tullock is one who's living the dream, travelling the world and covering all manner of sports for the Olympic Channel. What a job. With the Winter Olympics all wrapped up now, she joins us on SENZ uh, from the airport in Beijing. It's an early start for you, uh, Tay. Ashley, thanks very much for coming on. But you're you're up anyway because you're you're getting out of town, aren't you? Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. We are headed on out. It's kind of surreal, actually. I mean, you know how it is after a big event. You kind of don't know how to feel. You're sort of happy and sad all at once. Okay, well, let, let, you must be happy about uh, this particular New Zealand performance. Um, I know you're working on behalf of the uh, Olympic Channel, but w- what has been... Um, the reaction uh, and your feelings about this particular campaign? You know, I think that the Kiwis went in with high expectations. And I think as New Zealand fans, you know, everyone was expecting that they were going to do particularly well. And when we looked at, you know, Nico Porteous and Zoe Sadowski, we looked at what they did when they were 16-year-olds four years ago in Pyeongchang, and there was a real expectation that they were going to be able to step up. And I think what kind of was concerning about these games is that there was so much more going on outside of the actual sport. You know, in order for the athletes to even just get here, to go through all of the various COVID protocols, just life in general is so much more complicated than it used to be. So in order for them to turn up to do the job, uh, considering what's actually going on outside of the sport, I think that was the biggest achievement as well. I mean, many athletes I spoke to said they actually felt like they'd won simply by arriving, you know, because any given day you could literally wake up to a text message to say you're positive and, and that's out of your control. Uh, that, that was one of the great side stories about it and the fact that it proceeded and proceeded with um, uh, all the glitz and glamour that you would associate with a normal Olympics was great. What about from a New Zealand point of view behind the, the top two names that you've just mentioned there? Was, was it a, a, an encouraging performance bearing in mind the age of the team? Oh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And the pressure was so, so, so on the two of them uh, because I think, you know, when you look at the likes of High Performance Sport New Zealand, you look at the NZOC, you know, they want these athletes to perform well. They want them to do well. And I think Nico and Zoe, you know, they're just two very humble down-to-earth Kiwis who, you know, were thrown into the spotlight at a young age and over the last four years have totally honed their crafts. You know, they've become uh, World Cup champions uh, and, and then also X Games winners. Both of them have just basically done the hard graph, done you know, the work to not only actually win, but also gain the credibility of their competitors. That was a, that was one of the things that I just couldn't get over is how much the other people, you know, you've got two-time uh, defending champion David Wise, who just was raving about Nico. And he was saying, I'm actually glad to be giving the baton on to someone else because, you know, Nico is the future. And people rave about, you know, they aren't just incredible athletes, but they're awesome people. 
I mean, honestly, I cannot explain to you how much people love Zoe. Like within the community, within the snowboarding community, she is absolutely uh, a rock star. I mean, I don't even know. Do you think people in New Zealand understand that, you know, globally how big these two are? Oh, I don't think so, Ashley. I think we've got a, a real uh, comeuppance in the last uh, two and a half weeks as to how big they are. We've, you know, we've tried to focus on it uh, throughout the X Games and looking forward to the, the Winter Olympics, just how big they were on the world stage. But I, I think now we're just coming to terms with it, as I think we're coming to terms with yeah. a much more, uh, I think, a much more open and accepting approach of the Winter Olympics as an event. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we've done two Olympics in less than six months, which is just, (laughs) I can't even begin to explain what it's felt like. But it's also just been such a huge privilege and an honour. And, you know, you do really just look at what these athletes have gone through. And, you know, there were a lot of really big names who actually, you know, respectfully could not cope with the pressure. And that's exactly what they said. It was just too much. And I think a big part of it, like I said before, was, the other stuff that is happening in the rest of the world. And it just makes it so much harder to focus on what you go there to do. Because, you know, someone said to me just the other day, you turn up and you spend the first couple of days at your first Olympics looking around with your eyes wide, just going, oh my God, you know, just trying to make sense of it. So as a young athlete to turn up and to kind of take in the oh my God factor of the Olympics, to take in the food, the people, the transport, I mean, all of it is just so amazing and then you've got to all of a sudden try and put that kind of uh amazement aside and focus on competing it's just i I just don't know how they do it it truly blows me away every time you know we get the privilege to come and do this well you get closer the most because of your role you're you're able to spend a a, a, i guess a lot more quality time with some of these athletes you get the access so uh for instance uh, you got that you got that close to nico the other day that you were the one that handed him uh, the flag, I understand that he was able to drape around him for the ceremonies, etc. So, I mean, you're close. Uh, you're close. And, 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 and I get, actually, being in the media is about building relationships. You're able to do that, which is a great skill. But tell us a, a wee bit about uh, Nico and, and uh, his brother, for instance. I think it's one of the coolest stories, this. Yeah, and, you know, it was just amazing because once Nico came down and he did that last run, Miguel was there and they were just kind of quietly whispering to one another. And it was really beautiful because I think you see a lot of athletes come down and they're just making so much noise and everything is kind of uh, crazy. But they, they actually took time to just sort of quietly like put their arms around one another. And also I'll say there was another athlete, Aaron Blunk, who actually qualified first for that final. Mm. He got injured on the way down. And they didn't, you know, Nico and Miguel didn't jump around. Uh, they were super concerned about this other competitor and they just stood there and they all waited in fact one athlete ran up the half pipe to go check on him um because this this is such an incredible community they all have each other's back they're like family you know they spend more time together uh than they do with their own families but i was talking to miguel on the train actually coming back into Beijing before the opening ceremony and he was saying you know as they've got older their parents just have got used to the fact that they are just saying goodbye. I'm not sure when I'm going to see you next, uh, particularly in this kind of uh, pandemic at the moment. It's like you just don't know when you are going to be able to get into the country. And, and look, we know things are opening up, um, but you just you do have to follow your dream and you have to go overseas, you know, with what these guys are doing. 
uh, and are fortunate that they do have each other. Um, I know Zoe at the moment is out competing. Well, she's doing a, an event called Natural Selection, which is a backcountry uh, snowboarding event, and she's on her own. She's not there with any of her team and, and her coach. And, and that said to me, you know, she doesn't need, need us because she's got this family. She's got this incredible group of snowboarders who love her, who respect her and who look after her. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool that they, you know, they all have each other's back. And, you know, I, I love saying that, you know, Kiwi birds can't fly, but these Kiwis really can. And I think they do. I think they just, they represent our country so well. It's, it's, yeah, I feel incredibly proud after a couple of years of feeling on a personal level, quite sort of disengaged and disconnected from my home country because I physically couldn't get back. This games really just made me feel so much more connected to home. And I think, you know, having these athletes who represent our country so well um, is, is really just, it's, it's hard to put in words, actually. It's really special. So overall, Ashley, did, it, did Beijing put on a good show? I mean, the, spec, the, the facilities look spectacular. I mean, it, uh, and the competition itself was amazing. But overall... Uh, how do you, as you leave Beijing first thing this morning, uh, did they put on a good show for you? Yeah, honestly, I I usually finish a game feeling quite tired, <laughs> and I'm tired now. But I actually just have so much joy and so many good memories because I feel like there was just this, this feeling at one point where it's like we don't know what we're going into, we just don't know what it's going to be like here. Um, and I think truly it exceeded all my expectations. I have, and this is going to sound a bit gross, but all my skin is falling off my fingers because I have frostbite because the day that Nico won was minus 36 real feel. So, you know, we're out there, we're in the elements, we're kind of enjoying this mad, crazy adventure. Uh, and we're inside this closed loop bubble. So we didn't interact with anyone from outside the Olympic world. Um, and, and so we're kind of looking over, we're on buses and we're driving past things and we can't actually go outside. So we're not talking to people outside this this bubble and you've got all of these incredible volunteers they're wearing hazmat suits uh which is quite surreal because i'm so used to it now you don't even blink twice but the people here have just mm. truly given their all uh they just were so welcoming um i mean truly i can't say enough about how special unique and positive the experience has been and the conditions as well all the athletes say like the half pipe was just looked after so immaculately uh the slope style as well was beautiful i didn't get a chance to actually physically get down to big air but that was the one that all my colleagues said we're totally converted we are big air fans so uh i think you know this was a really really incredible moment for the world to also come together and i think we needed this um and you know what's crazy smithy is that we're already looking ahead to paris we're already looking ahead to milano mm. cortina d'ampezzo there's there's all these events that are just around the corner um so for now you know let's relish in what's what's happened and let's see what the future looks like um i think it's also a good reminder that you know after the games these athletes have to decompress they have to kind of work out what just happened some of them would have had the time of their lives some of them would have you know all come away from it not feeling too great and i think that's something we also need to consider is protecting these athletes and giving them the time and space to kind of go through that because everyone's journey is you know we're all humans it's also totally different mm -hmm. what was the bummer story the bad one what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's all glossy. It's all very nice. But we know that uh, things don't always go to plan. And there was uh, obviously the, Rus the little Russian skater, etc. Uh, there yeah. was the, the double, standard, this double standard look out of jealousy, I suppose, for Gu Eileen. Uh, so there, there was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was downsides, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, it is tricky also like when you've got judged sports, right? Because it's not like it's black and white. And I think there's always going to be these challenges and there's always going to be different opinions. Um, for me, you know, obviously uh, with, with the figure skating, it's super complicated. And, and I won't go into it because, you know, I'm not a figure skating expert and the case isn't something I've been covering um, super closely. But I think at the end of the day, the saddest thing is that, you know, she's a 15-year-old, you know, <laughs> and that's what, it, that's what it comes down to mm. is these athletes are humans and uh, they go through so much to be here. And sometimes I think we forget that, you know, it's easy to think that they are these incredible, amazing superheroes, but they're also humans too. And, you know, like I said before, I think that's really important to keep those sort of values and, and those ideas in mind, because we just have no idea with the struggles and everything that they're going through. I think we get a glimpse of it sometimes, um, but I think that's the most important thing at this point. And, you know, the athletes who, who are also injured, I always come away from these games and I was saying to a colleague last night, you know, that's the thing is when you're watching that, when I'm watching the halfpipe, I'm always thinking, I really hope that nothing is going to go wrong because you just don't know, like it's not like you can press pause or rewind or fast forward. It's all happening in real time. Mm. Um, and injuries, as you know, are very, very, very real. So I think, mm. you know, let's see what happens moving forward. But um, thankfully I have to say there wasn't, there wasn't too many bummer moments for me. Good. Hey, well, Ashley, I can tell you this. Uh, here's something for you to look forward to. It's 24 degrees, fine and warm in Fokatani today. <laughs> oh, that sounds very nice. The sunshine capital. Is it still the sunshine capital or is Nelson still? Who, who's got the got the t- trophy for that at the moment? It goes backwards and forwards. <laughs> uh, I think it's Nelson. I think it's Nelson. But uh, uh, you're going to have to endure a flight and, and then a little bit of quarantine and then you can bask in it. Hey, it's been great. Uh, it's been great catching up with you. Actually, yours is a good story. I'd love to talk to you a, a lot more, actually, because you've, uh, you've got a unique job that uh, I would imagine millions and millions of journalists would, uh, would like at certain times of the year. So, uh, hey, thank you, Ashley, for your time this morning. Travel safe, stay safe, uh, and uh, as I say, I'd love to catch up with you again at some stage. Thank you. Yeah, let's do that. Thanks, mate.